Welcome to Stick Like Glue Radio, the only podcast dedicated to helping you create your dream business so you can live the dream lifestyle that you want and deserve. Yes, success is not only possible, you deserve success. And now, welcome the dream business coach, Jim Palmer. Hello there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Stick Like Glue Radio, the only podcast dedicated to helping you create an everlasting bond with your customers so they stay longer, spend more, and refer more. Those are great things in anybody's business. I am your host, Jim Palmer, your dream business coach, and I am committed to helping you build a more profitable business faster, which leads me right to my special guest this week. Uh, He is a very successful entrepreneur, um, hailing all the way from Australia. His name is John Dwyer, and let me tell you a little bit about John and we'll bring him right on. John Dwyer, known as JD by most of his clients, is a marketing enigma unique in the field. When it comes to creating sales for businesses, his thinking is refreshingly unconventional. After a six-year period in the corporate world with a national marketing manager role from uh, with Woolworths, John launched his first business, providing retailers, shopping centers, clubs, and hotels with marketing strategies to generate repetitive trade. Even in his 20s, he was uh, in big demand from the corporate world, boasting clients such as News Limited, Westfield, 7-Eleven, and KFC. John later launched his own products, Direct to Consumers. We've got a lot to talk about, I think. John, thanks for being my special guest. How are you doing? My pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. You know, um, you're, you're, I think our paths have crossed a few times. You and I are both kind of familiar with the whole Glazer Kennedy world. I don't think you and I ever met uh, personally, but I've, I've known of your name for quite a while, so it's a, it's a real pleasure to have you on my show. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. So, you know, um, let's. I want. Can you fill in a, a few of the, a few of the blanks? I, I mean, you. Everybody. Uh, every great entrepreneur has. I started selling baseball cards. Story, but how did your entrepreneurial journey begin? Like in, in earnest. Yeah. Look, when I was at college, uh, I wanted to become an artist, and uh, I'm in my late fifties now. But in those days, uh, I thought that yeah, there'd be a lot of money in artwork, but I could see this whole computer generation coming along, and. I pretty quick smart worked out that uh, a freelance artist was not probably going to give me that two-story home. So <laughs> I decided to, to swap into the advertising world and I ended up doing an advertising and marketing degree and I uh, popped out of college uh, in my early 20s with that particular uh, piece of paper. And then I decided to put my hand up and look for jobs in the retail sector because I figured that that was an area that was probably an industry that really, really uh, had demonstrated to me a keen understanding of, uh, of marketing and what marketing is all about. So I ended up working for one of the big supermarket chains in Australia called Woolworths, uh, a little bit like your Walmart, I guess, in the States. And from there, I left and set my own business up. And from that point onwards, I've never worked for anyone else. You know what it's like, Jim, when you work for yourself, you're unemployable. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, I'm sure the stats are probably the same or similar in Australia. I mean, 80% of small business owners are gone in five years or so, and and those that hang in there, most of those people barely are making enough, and if they ever figured out what they're making per hour, it would be a fraction of what they made as an employee. But darn it, I'm never going to go work for somebody else again, so we're, you know. John, you and, said, and Jim, um, Jim, I'm, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm sure you're the same. I'm sure you're the same, Jim. There's been times uh, throughout my career that I just wished I had got that nine to five job. <laughs> oh, I hear you. You know, um, <laughs> I started. Uh, I'm coming up on my 15 year anniversary, and and you know, I I originally lost my position. Um, 
And I thought I'd go back to work. I mean, I still had teenage kids at home, and I just thought that would be the way to go. But uh, I didn't do that. It, I, it was just hard for me to find work, and I, I became an entrepreneur. So everybody starts at different times and probably for different reasons. Um, I, I read somewhere where you said, um, in a sea of sameness, you need to stand out like a beacon, and the best way to do that is using wow factor marketing techniques. Talk a little bit about what you mean by wow factor marketing techniques. Yeah, sure, Jim. My business is called uh, the Institute of Wow, and uh, I, as the name implies, it's all about showing business owners how to create wow factors to take their clients' or prospects' eyes off the price. Uh, in this day and age when it's so easy to price shop by going online. You are absolutely nuts if you set up a business model that's based on price because Walmart uh, is going to beat you every time or Kmart or whoever you're up against. Uh, everyone, we all have a 40-ton gorilla, a Coca-Cola in our industry sector, and if we're going to try and beat them on price, well, we're nuts if we're a small business. So what I do is I've put together a formula um, which I'm more than happy to run through if you're interested, Jim, uh, of just how uh, businesses, online and offline, can take their prospects' eyes off the price. Sure, let's do that. Good, okay. Look, it's a, it's a five-step system, and the first uh, part of this, uh, everyone has a five-step system, don't they? So I'm no different. I'm no different, okay? Uh, it's a five-step system. Number one, identify your most profitable customer, and there's so many people who don't do that. Uh, they simply identify their target audience, and they'll say, oh, women. But of course, it's got to be drilled down to uh, if you're a hair salon and you look after, you know, an upmarket sort of community, then your most profitable customer is probably going to be a female. She might be 40 plus. She might have 2.3 children and she drives a Mercedes and she's a member of the upmarket clubs. And it's the moment that you drill down to your most profitable target audience in a very anal sort of sense like that, then the dollars will start coming in because you're not throwing money up against the wall. You're actually chasing specifically someone of that demographic, almost like we would in pay-per-click advertising on Facebook. And number two, you need to create a wow factor to take their eyes off the price. And uh, I always use the McDonald's Happy Meal as a great example of a company that's been doing that for decades. Um, I've got six children and they're 18 plus these days, but at one stage, my wife and myself had six under 12. That was crazy days. And wow. we would have spent about $7 billion on Happy Meals, I think, back in those days. And uh, it had nothing to All to get that little hamburger. toy? Man, you're a pushover, I'll tell you. <laughs> oh, goodness me. They were in the back of the car screaming, and the, the easiest thing was to look for the golden arches. And, of course, the, the hamburger never got eaten. It was always the Disney toy that they wanted. So McDonald's were clever enough to take our eyes off the price because no matter what that Happy Meal cost, um, and I couldn't tell you because they took our eyes off the price, um, I was hooked into buying that for the children. And I say to people, unless you have an organic wow factor like iPhone, um, then or Rubik's Cube, because there's only one of those, then you need to devise a, an artificial wow factor. You need to give people another reason outside of your price to come in and, uh, and, and buy from you. And that's number two. So number three is uh, use a problem-solution scenario in all of your marketing, and uh, the Neurofan uh, headache tablets are pretty good at that. They will show the lady coming home from work with a headache. She pulls out the, uh, the, the, the drawer with the tablets in it. She has a headache tablet, and you'll see a little clock on the corner of the TV screen which ticks around for 15 minutes, and, of course, it's gone in 15 minutes. Problem, solution. And the fourth thing, Jim, um, and I think everybody listening uh, would be perhaps guilty of this, and that is turn your website from an information center into a, um, into a sales juggernaut. 
because too many of us have a website without the absolute important ingredients of direct response marketing. Uh, they don't have a welcome video, they don't have a problem solution headline, uh, they don't have a, um, a, a bunch of video testimonials on their home page. Uh, everyone has testimonial pages, but they're not doing heat mapping on their on their uh, website because nobody goes there, okay? Nobody goes to your testimonial page. If you've got a great video testimonial, put it on your home page, for goodness sake. And the last thing uh, of this five-step program is repetitive trade. Uh, we teach them how to actually do what McDonald's do. You never collect one toy at McDonald's. It's always a series of five or six or seven, so you've got to keep on coming back all the time. And we teach people how to stimulate loyalty by creating reward systems within their business so that they continue to benefit from repetitive trade. When you – I really like everything you said, John. I really like the thing about take the eyes off the price – I mean, do you think – I mean, is it industry-driven or do you think just in general most small business owners are just – they think they're not making sales because of price? Yeah, look, I think what it is, Jim, is that most small business owners in the environment um, – you know, similar to yourself, I have coaching programs and in the environment that I'm in, um, I tend to deal with uh, you know, small to medium-sized businesses these days uh, – I used to deal with the McDonald's and the News Limiteds, the Rupert Murdoch's newspapers and the 7-Elevens and Blockbusters. And I stopped doing that around about four years ago. I had the odd big one. But generally speaking, my, you know, my clients are going to be small to medium-sized businesses. And I think they, they tend to gravitate towards the you know, price discount game because it's easy. They just don't understand marketing. And, and it's so wonderful that you've got a show like this where you're exposing you know, your uh, listeners to marketing wizardry, if you like, from people hopefully like myself around the world. Because if you ask, I always, when I do a seminar, I ask everyone in the audience, they're all business owners, who thinks that sales and marketing skills are the most important thing in their business? Well, of course, they all put the hand up. And I'm playing a bit of a trick because then I say, well, who has an accountant? And they all put the hand up. And I say, who has a lawyer? And they all put the hand up. So who has a cleaner that comes into the office maybe once a week? And they all put their hand up. I said, well, 30 seconds ago, you just said to me that sales and marketing skills were the most important skills you could develop in business. In that case, who has anyone advertising? Uh, sorry, who has, you've all got a lawyer, you've all got an accountant, you've all got a cleaner. Who has anyone advising them on marketing? And you can hear crickets in the background. Mm. That so really, the thing I that's mean, most important, no, sorry, Jim, go on. I was going to say, what a great exercise because, you know, people, you know, all the entrepreneurs that I work with, probably similar in your situation, they, they think of marketing as an expense to the business and or they think of it as a one-time event. Well, let me spend some marketing and, you know, whether to fill up an event or to drive a sale or whatever. And then, you know, the minute you're gone, I mean, you are, you, you are, it's like you're, it's like you're uh, invisible, right? I mean, marketing is a perpetual thing to stay top of mind. Absolutely. And, and, and look, there's, there's too many. Uh, look at the other thing I do say, Jim. This is a bit cheeky of me in the uh, in the seminars that I hold. Um, I want to get the business owners' attention pretty much up up, up front. So therefore, I, I say to them straight up that I'm not a seminar speaker. I've come from a corporate background, so all of this stuff that I'm preaching, I've developed over many years of giving it to the McDonald's and the Seven Elevens and the Blockbusters of this world. Um, and so, therefore, I want to make it clear this isn't some quick rich scheme that I've just developed over the last two or three years. And, and then, secondly, I go through that uh, formula that I just gave you then where I asked them, you know, if they got an accountant and a lawyer. And the last thing I do to demonstrate to them that marketing is the most important thing in their, their business life, I say to them, who thinks you need a good product or a good service to make money in your business? And, of course, again, they all put their hand up logically. 
I said, okay, well, in that case, who thinks McDonald's makes the best hamburger in the world? And then <laughs> oh, the petty dogs. And I say to them, look, the reason McDonald's sold $27 billion worth of hamburgers last year in the U.S. is because of their marketing system. It had nothing at all to do with the hamburger because I'm sure most of us would argue that it's not the best hamburger in the world. It's probably close to, to, to the other end of the scale. Exactly. And, uh, then, then they get it. Then they get it. They realize that it's all about marketing. It's not partly about marketing. It's all about marketing. If you're a butcher, you're a marketer of meat. Mm, good stuff. You know, I was looking over your bio, and you you did some work, and you had a TV show, and then lo and behold, I see a picture of you with Jerry Seinfeld. What's that all about? Well, yes, I've been name dropping that uh, for the last uh, couple of years, and uh, I'll probably continue to milk it for a, for a while. <laughs> I would. <laughs> I got the opportunity. <laughs> When everybody says to me, I went on to the instituteofwow.com and I saw Jerry Seinfeld's on there as often as you are, I said, yep, and if you worked with him for a few years, I think you'd probably milk it as well. Um, yeah, look, I, uh, I've got to tell you a very quick case study of a client uh, before I tell the Jerry story because this is the client who I got Jerry to act as the spokesman for in their advertising campaign. It happens to be a building society in Australia called the Greater Building Society. And they're what I would call most of my clients, uh, and I suspect, Jim, most of yours, and that is they were a challenger brand. They weren't one of the big giant banks like Wells Fargo. Uh, we have them in Australia. This was a smaller bank, uh, still a $5 billion business, but small compared to the big banks in Australia, and they were a challenger brand. And about a dozen years ago, uh, I became their marketing consultant, and I developed a program for them uh, to take everybody's eyes off the price. It was uh, get a home loan, get a free vacation. So therefore, we encouraged anyone who was disgruntled with their current bank, who were being treated badly or maybe getting extra fees and charges, why don't they think about swapping to the Greater Building Society, where your home loan that is, and we'll give you a free vacation. And in Australia, we call it holiday. So it was get a home loan, get a free holiday. The um, about four weeks after launching that promotion, and I had to convince the bank who were, you know, it's run by bankers, and so they're not exactly entrepreneurial. Um, they were doing an acquisition scheme, which was a one percent honeymoon rate. So when, and I think banks around the world do this, so that when you come in to get a home loan with your husband or your wife, they'll say, look, our interest rate, let's say at the time was six percent, we'll give it to you for five percent for the first twelve months, just to help help you out. That's called a honeymoon rate, and then after twelve months, it jumps back up to the six percent. And I said to them in a meeting one day, they, look, that's not anything of a wow factor. That's not a unique selling proposition. I mean, everybody does that. Why don't we actually take that 1% and give it to a travel agency and get them to give us a good value holiday, a good value vacation? And that way we're taking their eyes off the price. We're not concentrating on price. You're actually concentrating on price as your major acquisition tool. So they reluctantly sort of said yes because they thought that I was a you know, smart-talking marketing guy. Let's see if he's got the goods. Well, within a month, they doubled their home loans, and within 12 months, they had tripled their home loans. We're talking billions and billions of dollars. Don't you wish, don't I wish I did a door percentage deal <laughs> instead of a consultant? <laughs> um, it went nuts, and they were the only bank in the world. Uh, I left the, the consultancy a few years ago now, but uh, they were the only bank in the world that for 10 years never advertised an interest rate on their home loans, which is quite incredible. And around about uh, the eight or nine year mark into it, we decided to refresh the campaign. And I was lucky enough to score uh, Jerry Seinfeld to be the spokesman for that campaign. So when Jerry Seinfeld came on Australian television and he said, you know, get a home loan, get a free vacation, 
their uh, market share, their home loan market share tripled instantly um, the moment that we got him to front the bank's advertising. So it just goes to show you the pulling power of Jerry Seinfeld. That is incredible. What year was that? Uh, this was back in 2011. Yeah, 2011. So it was yeah, a few years ago now. And uh, uh, Jerry was hard to get. I mean, I, I, I say it as if it just rolls off my tongue. Oh, we you know rang up Jerry Seinfeld. Um, it wasn't <laughs> that easy. We I, I, I took some months to get hold of him and. When I got hold of uh, George Shapiro, his um, his 75-year-old manager who discovered him, um, I just said, look, we just want Jerry to take the mickey out of the big banks and, uh, and encourage people to swap their home loan and come across and get a free vacation. And uh, he thought about it for only a few days and got back to me and said, look, Jerry takes the mickey out of everyone. That's basically his mantra, so this sounds like a good idea. Let's do it. And so he flew over there, shot the commercial, and, and was probably paid a handsome fee. No, Jim, what happens is that uh, Jerry has in his contract, and he didn't even know this because when I was having a, um, a coffee with him one day, I said to him, do you know that on page 19 of your 30-page contract it says that if you have to travel more than 50 miles away from New York, we have to provide you with a Gulfstream Learjet? <laughs> he said, what? I said, well, that's in your contract. So what we did is that we found a little town called Cedarhurst, which was 49 miles away from Jerry's home in the Hamptons, and uh, we found an empty... <laughs> We found an empty delicatessen that had gone broke, and we took all the Greater Building Society's um, fixtures and fittings over, and we built a fake building society in this empty shop in a little town 49 miles away from his home. <laughs> that is, oh my, you know, that is hysterical, John. I love that. I mean, that, you know what? That is thinking outside the box for sure. I mean, that Gulfstream jet would have cost you 50 grand, probably. Oh, no, we, we, we costed it. It was 1.1 million. Oh Lord! <laughs> yeah, one point to, 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 to bring him to Australia, to, to Australia and back again. And look, all jokes aside, Jerry, uh, in terms of his you know, notoriety, is bigger than the Pope. So um, George Shapiro just explained to me that Jerry's never been able to travel in a commercial aeroplane for twenty odd years. So he just can't. And so if anybody wants him to go somewhere, then they have to provide a Learjet, which is he's not being a diva. It's just you know, the way life is for him. So. No, I, we understood that. It's just that it was a lot cheaper for us to actually film all the commercials um, 50 miles or less than 50 miles away from his home. So um, Jerry contributed to the creative for this, and he was going to say no to that offer. And what it was was that we built a building society branch. Um, we actually put all the cars in the street in this little Cedarhurst down, uh, Australian motor cars. We put number plates. The license plates on the cars were all Australian. We changed all of the, uh, like Jerry's eye for detail is just incredible. All the parking meters were taken out and Australian parking meters were put in. So it looked like Jerry was in Australia. And uh, we even put some gum trees around the main area that we were shooting, which are the native tree in Australia. The only thing we didn't have is kangaroos and koala bears. And so the idea was that Jerry had been in retirement and he'd come out of retirement to busker on the street. And, of course, he's busking straight outside the Greater Building Society branch, telling jokes about banks. And all the shoppers are walking past, of course, couldn't care less. And, and of course, you know, this is very scientific, for goodness sake. So it had a bizarre twist to it and really captured the imagination of everyone in Australia. And, of course, consequently, we, we produced something like 20 commercials over a two-day period. And we did that for three years, and um, it just captured the attention of everybody. Nobody could believe that this relatively modest-sized bank in Australia, uh, a challenger brand, had been able to convince one of the world's biggest stars to be the, the front man. That's crazy. Uh, that is so cool. You know, the um, the thing that was that your idea to come up with the uh, the holiday instead of a instead of a one percent. 
Yes, it was. It was. And uh, because, excuse me, although this was a bigger client than normal because they're $5 billion um, uh, clients, so they are big banks, but they're not as big as the Wells Fargo or someone like that, I said to them, if you're a challenger brand, you have to do what Richard Branson does with his airline. And what he does is he comes into markets like Australia, which was really dominated by Qantas, and he would come out with a challenger brand advertising campaign. And that's the bikini girls and all the silly things that he does to make sure that you know he stands out from the crowd. Now, Qantas could never do that. They were too stiff up a lip. And so he stole unbelievable market share in Australia with Virgin Airlines because he was a challenger brand. And so I said to the greater, you need to adopt those principles. And thank goodness they were a fantastic client. Um, they said yes to most of these things because the silly guy that you're talking to on this end of the phone had a few wins and they decided to keep on backing him. I think that's amazing. You know, sometimes people will ask me, how do I generate more referrals? And I'll say, before I even ask you, I said, if, you're, if, you're, if your reward for one of your customers bringing a new customer to you is like 10% off their new visit, I'm going to jump through the phone, you know. I mean, what would happen yeah. if you gave them, yeah. you know, either a, 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 a three-day cruise or a large-screen TV, which you can buy for like 500 bucks or 300 bucks? I mean, if you spend a little bit of – what about every time they look at that TV, they're thinking it came from you? Instead of 20 bucks or – what? instead of something cheap – Wow them, you know. I, I probably even say wow them, not giving you credit, but mm. I mean that's that's mm. what it is. You've got to take it off the price and make it more experiential. And, and, and look, the thing is, uh, Jim, the building society kept its interest rate throughout all that period of time. And between you and I, and all your listeners, they were about a quarter percent to a half a percent higher than any of the big banks. So who do you think was paying for the vacation, right? Um, yeah. The point is, is that oh, I've got to give you this classic case of just um, a, a, a client that comes from left field. It's a turf farm, so therefore they sell grass, mainly for builders and landscapers who are building new properties, and, and they want to put the grass down on the front lawn and the back lawn. And uh, he said to me, look, how does this wealth factor thing work for me? I've got landscapers buying, you know, multiple homes worth of grass off me, so I don't sell my turf just to mum and dad. And I said, yeah, fair enough. And he said, well, how do I take their eyes off the price? I said, they like beer. And he said, uh, yeah, they are. They're all guys, and they like beer. I said, good. They normally drink regular beer. We'll give them a carton of Crown Lager. They're in Australia, the premium beer that if you were a white-collar, you know, senior executive or professional, you'd probably drink Crown Lager. Whereas, you know, the regular beer would be, you know, basically Foster's. And uh, he said, right, go on. So I said, what we'll do is that we'll rent uh, 500 uh, landscapers' contact details from a list broker, which is what we did. And we sent out a mailer and an emailer, which uh, said to them, listen, we know you can get your turf from any turf farm. If you get your grass from us, then we'll give you, for every home's worth of turf, which is about 500 square yards, we will give you a free carton of Crown Lager beer. And the brochures and the ambience of this was very upmarket. It was a butler with a you know, black tie on holding this beautiful carton of 24 bottles of beer. Now, the bottles of beer normally would be 40 or $50 in a liquor store. Um, he could easily build that into his price. And I said to him, well, this will stop them asking about price. So I said, how much grass have you got at the moment? He said, oh, look, I've just, I can't sell it. He said, I've got six miles worth of turf across a mountain range. Anyway, so he launched this. He sent out only 250 of these letters with the brochure offering this beer um, bonus. He links me up seven days into the promotion and said, uh, John, we've got a problem. And I said, what's that? He said, we've got no more grass. <laughs> and I said, no. what? He said, the wow. turf, six miles of it, has gone overnight. 
He said, I've got a particular landscaper who was the worst pain in the backside that I've ever had. He would be the guy that would ring up and say, how much for your turf? And I'd say, look, it was $5 uh, per square yard. And he'd say, well, I can get it down the road at another turf farm for four fifty. So he said, I'd have to come in at four ten, And the game just went on. I kept on losing margin. He said, that guy rang me up yesterday after he got my brochure and said to me, I want 22 homes worth of grass. By, uh, and, and I, sorry, I want 22 homes worth of grass. I don't care when the grass gets there. I need the beer by Friday. I've got a party. <laughs> oh, that's a great story. John, we're, we're, you know, we're, ah, man, I could talk to you for hours, but we're almost out of time. I know you've got an event coming up in, uh, over here in the States, in California. Can you tell us about your event? Oh, thank you very much for, for allowing me to put in a plug, Jim. I appreciate that. Um, Yes, I have an event. Uh, I am Santa Monica, which of course is in Los Angeles, and it's on Wednesday, June one. So it's just around the corner, and um, it's I've, I've actually put together a special URL so I can provide your listeners with a free ticket or free tickets if they'd like to come, Jim, because uh, this is this particular day is 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 called uh, Wow My Business. And it's all about showing business owners exactly this formula that we've been talking about today. It goes from 9 through till 5.30 in the afternoon, so it's a full day uh, of putting up with me and putting up with my Aussie sarcasm. Um, but if you're a business owner, it doesn't matter whether you are B2B or whether you're B2C. Uh, it doesn't matter whether your audience is blue singlet or white collar. I think you'll find you'll get a, a lot out of the day. It's June 1, Wednesday, June 1, and it's in Santa Monica. Do you mind if I give everybody the URL where they can get a no, free No, please ticket? do. No, you've got a lot of value here. Much. Please go ahead. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. It's uh, wowmybusiness.com. So it's a very simple one to uh, remember. It's just wowmybusiness.com. And if you go there, then you can grab free tickets. The tickets are normally $47, but I've created a URL just for your listeners so that they can get a free ticket. Well, very good, John. John, it's been a real pleasure uh, having you on the program. You've got, you got quite a story. I'd love to have you back sometime. My pleasure, Jim. Thank you very much for having me. Okay, folks. Hey, that wraps up this very special episode of Stick Like Glue Radio with, uh, I'm going to say, rock star entrepreneur John Dwyer. <laughs> Anybody with that kind of story and uh, resume is a rock star entrepreneur. Remember, Stick Like Glue Radio, this is the only podcast dedicated to helping you create an everlasting bond with your customers so they stay longer, spend more, and refer more. I'm your host, Jim Palmer, your dream business coach, and I am committed to helping you build a more profitable business faster. That is a wrap for this week. Watch for another great episode of Stick Like Glue Radio this time next week. Until then, keep taking action, keep moving forward, and don't ever, ever, ever give up. Now go out there and do something nice for somebody today. Take care. For more information and free resources on how to create your dream business, connect with Jim Palmer, the dream business coach, at www.getjimpalmer.com. And be sure to check out Dream Business Coach TV, powerful two-minute videos filled with Jim's unique smart marketing and business-building advice. See them all at www.dreambizcoach.tv. That's www.dreambizcoach.tv. See you next week for more Stick Like Glue Radio. And remember, success is not only possible, you deserve success.